Hey folks, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give you all a heads up that we're going to be discussing the topic that is the focus of Enterprise Season 1, Episode 17, Fusion, and that topic is date rape. When we started the show, we wanted to watch Star Trek, tell a few jokes, Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. But the other thing we wanted to do was have poignant discussions about serious topics that need to be discussed. This is the first chance we've had to do just that. If this particular discussion might be too much for you to handle, we here at the Computer Resume podcast understand and respect that. But we also feel that avoiding these topics does not improve the circumstances for many people in this world, and that boldly going and having these discussions are a first step in understanding, helping, and healing. I'd like to thank the other members of the Slice of Fried Gold Network, as well as the voice of the Computer Resume podcast, my wife, Mrs. Kat Davis, for their continued understanding and support. Rain.org for being a great source of help to anyone who's been a victim of sexual abuse, Mrs. Ren Sims for being willing to sit and have this discussion with me, and all of you for listening. And if you decide not to listen to this episode, that's fine. But please be willing to listen to someone, anyone, who might need you to. That being said, let's cue the cold open. At the same time, I feel like I feel like it puts a lot of things into perspective about hearing anyone else's story i feel like puts your own story into perspective a little bit be it, it does. be it whether it was good bad worse better it's it brings it, an understanding a little bit and yeah it's where empathy comes into play empathy comes with understanding and without understanding you cannot empathize with them because you don't know you don't know what they're going through yeah, yeah. and i think that's why i like hearing people's stories and why i probably overshare is because I feel like if I can help one person just feel like they're not alone or at least identify with something that they're dealing with I don't know it makes me feel more connected and less alone which keeps me out of my headspace which is always good yeah you know I mean I think there's uh you know in helping folks and being there for people is you know it's it's a win-win all the way around you know you you're helping the person who you're helping uh, at the mm-hmm. risk at the risk of sounding redundant um I get it. but you help but you you're helping yourself too and some people yeah. say well you know there is no such thing as a selfless deed well that's a bit cynical i think you know things you do honestly i feel like if it's based out of a selfishness is different it, you do it to make yourself feel better when you're helping someone out of non-selfish you know, when you're being kind and you're doing it for them, not you. Mm. And and that's kind of the difference. And yes, you get some good out of it, but you're not doing it for that good. You're doing it to make them feel better. And it's just sort of a side effect. And that's where it's not selfish. I I think is kind of where that comes into play. It's what your motivations are. On a a happy note and something show related, since we need to get this started, I talked, I was talking to my mom about recording this episode Mm -hmm. and I forgot how much of a Star Trek fan she was. So I'm going to try to get her on the show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, me and her together with you, that's going to be fun. If we get the right episode. Oh gosh. Sure. Is she the entire franchise is she um you know next gen is she original series she's like me um she's got some favorites but she's watched all of them um i'm trying to think i think her favorite was voyager okay she actually likes deep space nine okay all right nice and i found out that it wasn't 
dad that liked it. It was my mom who liked that show. And that's why we watched it every week. I had no idea that my mom was such a Star Trek fan. Like when I was talking about the show, she was, yeah, I remember that episode. You know, the Enterprise is not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was like, awesome. Video, mama. <laughs> you're, not, so funny. you're not alone in that. Oh, well, what's funny to me is we actually, we were talking about something completely different and we went on that tangent for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I made notes today. Did you? I did. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can do. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is clob. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Engage. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, be me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. Back for seconds, that's right. Twice in a row, folks. The druid herself. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Ren Sims, yay! Hello, hello. It it is a druid. Uh, Yes. yes. Okay, so for uh, people... (laughs) Some people are going to have know what we're talking about. Some people aren't. Uh, like two my, people. <laughs> me, my wife, uh, Ren, and her husband, we play D&D. And Ren is our uh, druid? Yes. Okay. And w- so, because I'm still very new to D&D, um, <laughs> you're a halfling druid? Half-elf. Half-elf druid. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And I, I get a lot of bonuses. <laughs> right, right. My wife is a... Halfling mage. Wizard. Oh, mage? It's the same thing. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Basically. It's just it's just synonymous, I think. I am a I'm a dwarf fighter. That you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and currently uh Ren's husband Fred is our DM. So we're we're having we're having fun. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I, I can't <laughs> wait for the next one. Oh gosh, how have you been? Doing. I'm hanging. Yeah. <laughs> surviving day by day (laughs) yes first of all let me go ahead and thank you for agreeing to do this episode yeah it's it's heavy it's we got some heavy subject matter and we got a lot to discuss in terms of how this subject matter was handled on the show (sighs) and then how it was or was not handled post-production and in the media so if you're down let's get in do you want to get into the recap or do you, oh, yeah. or do you, or do you have anything that you want to, that you want to put out there before we get into the recap? No, let's just do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Wrap in. Let, let's cue the recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 
Her innermost desires... Vulcans who attempt to embrace their emotions often revert to their primal nature. ...are about to be revealed. I'd say you were a little jealous. Your emotions are breaking the surface. Ah! Embrace them. An all-new Enterprise, part of two full hours. Enterprise is hailed by a Vulcan vessel needing repairs. Its commander, Captain Tavin, seems nice. Yeah, a little too rough. He says their mission is to explore themselves rather than the galaxy. Archer reports that the repairs will take up to four days and that they could use the time to explore the nebula together. Like, I really don't believe this weird trip you're putting us on. T'Pol identifies the visitors as Vitash Couture, Vulcans without logic. Archer's like, come on. Later in the mess hall, T'Pol is joined by Tolaris, who's like, damn girl, these emotions got me tripping. She's like, whatever. Even while she's working on the Vulcan ship, T'Pol keeps getting vibes from this dude. Dream a little dream of me. Later, T'Pol does dream. It's a memory of when she was in San Francisco, in disguise, walking around late one night. The memories then blur with thoughts of Talaris acting provocatively towards her, ending with an image of the two of them scrumping. She awakes and visits Doc Phlox, who tells her that it would be unwise to change her routine too quickly. Later, Talaris asks to Paul, and she's all, He's into it. She's not. He keeps going. She wants to stop. He's on the attack, but she pushes back. T'Pol winds up in sickbay from the encounter. Later, Archer tries to play nice, but Talaros is made of ice. While T'Pol is on the mend, Archer will defend. Later, T'Pol is meditating in a room. Archer tells her that the Vulcans bounced. T'Pol asks Archer if he dreams. He affirms following up with, sometimes even in color. T'Pol then asks if he finds it enjoyable. Most nights, he says, I envy you, says T'Pol. So. Okay, first of all, let's go ahead and state that I think every Star Trek has had at least one sexual assault episode. I think so. Um, honestly, it's been such a long time and I should have done more research on this, but I'm sure you're right. I just, I don't know the, those examples off the top of my head. Yeah, I think in the original series, it's when evil version of Kirk gets made and he assaults Yeoman Rand. And I think next gen, it's a situation similar to T'Pol where it's in the mind. It, it, it's a clear violation, but it's, it's in the mind. It's not in the physical realm, but it's still right. a violation. And then I think... Uh, Deep Space Nine, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sure there was one, but I didn't really pay that close attention to that one. So. Yeah, yeah. And then I think Voyager, I believe the episode is, oh, shoot. Someone just told me re recently, but it involves Seven of Nine. Gotcha. So here we are with this and... Yeah. <sighs> Where do we even begin? Yeah, gosh, I mean. The whole episode had a weird vibe to it, didn't it? Yeah. Like the moment it started, like I went in completely, I usually I do a little bit of research and I read about the episode and kind of what it's going to entail, or I'll read your show notes and just kind of get an idea of what I'm looking at. When we first see the Vulcans, my first note is creepy uncle vibes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, from the, just, from the captain? Yeah, from the captain of the ship, from the whole crew. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And even the questions that the engineer guy was asking, like, it was all very sexual based. Yeah. I think oddly enough, that's what they were planning on as having their 
comedic tension break was this guy asking about food and football and discussing sex. It just didn't play well. Okay, I think the thing that bothers me a lot about Enterprise and a lot of their episodes is they'll have a main story and then they'll have a tangent. And sometimes that tangent mixes and it meshes well and it fits with the whole story and it makes a good episode. This one... (laughs) They did not match the level of seriousness with you. You had scenes with T'Pol and was it Tarvis? It was serious and intense. And then you get Trip and the engineer guy. And it's like, no guys, like, yeah, yeah, buddy film. And it, it just, it didn't mix for me. I think if they had scaled back on what felt like forced funny, Mm-hmm. Um, with the engineer and trip and then had this because l- let's skip ahead to the end <sighs> where there is no punishment they for the perpetrator at all just- they could have at least gotten i mean because tensions between the vulcans and the humans this has kind of been the thing if they're not trying to not die <laughs> <laughs> it's them dealing with the Vulcans, the tension between humans and Vulcans, super high. That's been the base of their drama the entire time. Yeah. So for them to not sort of follow through with that, I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity of like, I mean, these are your people. Now, granted, they left the Vulcan society. Yeah. But it's kind of like, look, you're holding our crew responsible for everything that's happening back on Earth for a hundred years. So we've got this one guy who assaults one of our people, puts her in sickbay. Yeah, one of your people. Yeah, one of your people. And there's no repercussions at all? Like zero? He gets called out on it and then is told to just vacate the premises. Like, (laughs) he's going to do it again. Yeah. The only thing I could think is at this point, the Federation still doesn't exist. So it's not like they can just arrest the guy because who are they? They're no one. They are explorers and scientists. They are not cops. They are not military. Yeah. But at the same time, if the Vulcans don't acknowledge these people and the Federation doesn't exist and the crew of the Enterprise has no power, what do you do? I mean, you can't I mean, start a war. Do you kill them? How would the Vulcans react to that? If Archer was just like, uh, hey, Reed, you know, go ahead and load those torpedo tubes. Something should have been done regardless of what that something could or would have been. The fact right. that he's got a slap on the wrist, essentially. Yeah. The only thing Archer had on him was the fact that he had a phaser pointed at him. The fact that he defended her props, that's good. But it's one of those things where it's just like too little, too late at this point, And then nothing happens to the guy. Right. So. My wife was adamant that I mentioned about uh, there were quite a few people mansplaining. Oh, yeah. To T'Pol. Everyone had their thoughts on what she should and should not do instead of, I don't know, letting her be her own woman and do, <laughs> yeah, what she's, figure it out. do what she's there to do. She's a scientist. That's what she's there for. She has no interest in these folks. If you're not interested in these people, there really shouldn't be a push. For them to, hey, hang out with these people. They're your people, right? She's like, no, we we do not see eye to eye. It's best that I just continue my work. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they pushed and pushed and pushed. And here we are. There was a whole lot of issues with consent in this entire episode. And not mm-hmm. just with T'Pol. I noted that cause the engineer about there there's a story arc about his dad being on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And then pushing the him to talk to him. Right. He yeah. said no many times. Yes. 
he'll have regrets, blah, 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 blah. And all of that shtick. It was great. It was well, it was put together well. It was written well. But you're still essentially talking someone into doing something they don't want to do. Like I have toxic family. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's just one of those things where it's like, I understand the story they were trying to make, but it's like, you could have done it in a different way. Even looking at Admiral Forrest, who was kind of like, hey, they let you keep your science officer like you can do yeah yeah it's just and it's the creepy dude in a bar of like well i bought you a drink was just even i was watching it and something occurred to me Hmm. but i couldn't remember do they put music over a lot of the scenes or is it just like space sounds that's getting into dissection of you know the production and the sound design i think i think for i think yeah go ahead sorry not to cut you off but the reason is because in this episode there wasn't a lot of mood music. There wasn't a lot. I mean, there was a little in certain places. Like, for instance, in the um, in the mess hall, the only thing that you hear is the hum of the ship. Mm. Other than that, it was just their conversation. And mm. for some reason, it made it creepy. Like, yeah. it just made it unsettling a little bit. And I couldn't remember if they had done that in other stuff or if it was just the scene. Like, with the lighting and just the way that they presented it. If I had to guess... I would say that because of what to Paul remembers slash dreams, the jazz club and her yeah. hearing, presumably hearing jazz for the first time to get that to stand out as much as it did. There was oh, probably it, a scaling cool. back of other ambient music. And like I said, that may not be the case. That scene in the mess hall, it looked like a shady bar. The lighting was dim. Mm. It was very muted. There was no other sound except them talking. And like I said, the ship, it was very unsettling. And there was a lot of different pieces in this episode that were like that. Like they were setting you up. Like you were expecting something bad to happen. Yeah, it definitely gives off a real creepy vibe. Mm -hmm. As much as we dislike this character, uh, the actor, Enrique Muricant, I'm going to do my best with his last name. (laughs) Mercanio? Maybe Murciano? Murciano. Yeah, that, yeah, we'll go with yours. (laughs) That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Enrique sounds, I mean, I I don't want to profile this guy, but he sounds Spanish. So I would say that it's Murciano. I I don't know. I'd have to check it. Yeah, I read that he is of, I believe, Cuban descent. It's either that or um, Italian, because I think Enrique is kind of, it goes between. That's kind of what an actor is supposed to do. You're supposed to embody that character. And I think, yeah, he does a fantastic job because he's a real scumbag. (laughs) From everything I've seen, everything I read, he's, he's an actor. He's just a guy, but we're, uh, we're getting a little bit of a, a little bit of ahead of ourselves. Uh, There's more to discuss with this episode for sure. I feel like, and I, I, I had a discussion with my wife about why this was happening what was he doing what were his motivations uh not looking to justify his behavior but trying to just trying to understand and examine and you know really try to get in the head a little bit i don't know that i want to get into this guy's head at all but well he starts out seeming like he was excited to open her up to this because he's enjoyed it so much and they have gotten so much from whatever they're doing with emotions and logic. Problem with that whole thing is his excitement. He didn't take into consideration her at all. And yeah. that's, where, that's where the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. It, he was more concerned with himself and his excitement and, and trying to 
bring her into that, even though she didn't want to. I felt like he was feeding off of her emotions. He was a teacher before this, and now he's mm -hmm. on a ship just kind of cruising. There's not really, there's, you know, it's kind of aimless. So first of all, Enterprise is probably the first ship they've encountered in a while. And there's another Vulcan on the ship who's yep. spent a lot of time with humans. So those emotional waves and emotional energy is right at the surface. Whereas he may feel a sense of emotional connectivity starvation in a sense of desperation to connect. He ended up forcing it, which made it it's rape. It's rape. Let's just go ahead and get the word out there and not be afraid to say exactly what this is it is rape this is because a there are clear violation yeah you don't have to sexually assault someone to rape them that's the big one but there are other ways yeah absolutely and i i feel like almost well i mean any violation is absolutely horrible but i feel like yeah. even, uh, like a violation of the mind is just as bad horrifying yeah, yeah just as bad you know and just oh man because it's still a violation and it's a big one yeah like, it's once they're connected with the mind meld and he's in there, it's kind of like it's in the mind. You know what? You know, what do you do? I mean, she's having to literally she's having to literally force herself out of a mind meld and then physically force the person off of her. He's a, he was a big dude, like in yeah. comparison. Yeah. I mean, she's not a small person. I mean, she's probably about five, seven, but he was definitely bigger than she was. Yeah, this is this is a rough one. And I feel like. <laughs> Something kind of neat in the story that I just thought about. I don't, I wouldn't say that I liked that they did it, but it kind of, I don't even know the words to use, but basically she gave consent at the beginning of it and mm -hmm. then retracted it. Yeah. That's not talked about a lot. You can go into a situation being totally okay with it and change your mind. And it's still a no, even if you're right in the middle of it, if they say, stop, you stop. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I don't know, I guess. I don't want to say I liked it better, but it, it added more to a layer of complexity and the conversation to it, because it's one of mm -hmm. those things where it's like, I think a lot of people don't understand that even though you said yes, you can still say no, like yeah. at any point in the process, yeah. like you can take away consent. And I don't think a lot of people either. It's not that they don't know, but I just don't think they think about that. Yeah, and I absolutely. think a lot of people also have that sense of entitlement in a way, like someone owes them something mm. like, Hey, we got this far. Like, it, yeah, there's yeah. a lot to this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One of the things that stuck out to me was her interactions with flocks and Archer in regards to this. Like after she has the first, after she mm -hmm. skips meditation that first night, she goes to flocks and flocks essentially says, be careful changing your routine so quickly. I don't know that that's very clear as to if he's saying, hey, don't stop meditating or one night of this does not make a new habit. So if, you know, it might be jarring. So don't be, maybe don't go back so quickly. So it's kind of, it's a little unclear as to what kind of advice he's giving her. I think what I liked about his interaction was the level of care. Mm. He listened to her. He didn't degrade what she was going through, I guess. I, it's not the right word, but I can't think of the right word to use. But he basically, he he took what she was saying and, and was like, if this is something you want to do, that's great. But keep in mind, it's a slow process. You have to baby steps, essentially. And he didn't, it's one of those things where it's like, he kind of gave her that choice and basically said, I'm here if you need me kind of thing. I, I know. I, I just, I loved how he did that with Archer. <laughs> in the end, I think he handled it Okay. But he's not my favorite person in this episode. No, he doesn't come off looking he's so like good a, here. I wrote it down. He acts like a dumb dad. That's he's trying his best. That's fair. I feel like 
one of the things he should have said when he went to her at the end of the episode was, I'm sorry. Take some ownership, man. I know. Well, did he even ask if she was okay? I can't remember. That was kind of glossed over in that he knew she was in sickbay recovering. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, got to captain up and go deal with this dude. So we don't get to see that. So a lot of it's implied at best. I think if they had scaled back their time with engineer humps a lot and focused on the main issue like this, why? Okay. So when you mentioned that they had like two stories going on that technique, um, and I think I may have mentioned it in episodes earlier, that technique of storytelling in television, you have an A plot and a B plot, Mm -hmm. your A plot in this particular instance, your A plot is, you know, the thing that's happening with Paul. Your yes. B plot is this thing with the engineer. And I hope you don't feel like I'm mansplaining, but this is more for the audience in case they haven't <laughs> yeah. heard of that sort of thing. <laughs> You're fine. Okay. So I think had they scaled back the B plot a little bit, which let's be honest, it's the B plot. It's fairly insignificant and really delved a little bit deeper into the A plot and really flesh that out a little bit more, I think we would feel, I don't, I don't want to say better about this episode, but maybe we would have a better sense of closure or. Yeah. Well, the thing of it is, I don't know if you looked at the timing, but the event with T'Pol happened about the last 15 minutes of the show. So hmm. the buildup was like the first huge point, like 30 minutes of the show. And the rest of it was like all of this big stuff. And then, oh, it's over. The pacing on this was just terrible. Yeah. But Enterprise has that problem with most of their episodes. <laughs> There's just too much other stuff when they should have been focusing. And I can under, I'm like, I understand it. Like producing a show can be difficult and trying to get everything to fit in and, you know, get your point across. And I, I get it, but they did not do a good job with this. No, they really didn't. I, I applaud that they would even bring this subject up. I mean, like I mentioned before, it's kind of a tradition in Star Trek. There seems to be at least one episode in every series. Well, but, they um, hit on the important stuff or they try to, at least the important issues that are going on. And it that is always going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same, you know, the flip side of that coin, I feel is that adhering to the standard A plot, B plot, and feeling to have the need for comedic tension relief did a disservice to the subject matter. And I'll go out on a limb and say perhaps even survivors yeah. of something they like this who who it. find who find comfort in Star Trek. Yeah, I can see this upsetting people, the way that it was handled. I mean, it could have been way worse, but it wasn't. I would give it a solid C. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it, it could have been way worse, but it could have been better as well. Yeah, at the end of the day, kudos for doing this. I wish you would have done it better. With the comedy thing. I think that's part of the problem with Enterprise. We'll go with my my favorite series, The Next Gen. There were episodes that were not happy. There was nothing good. There was maybe a little bit of jokes from like Data, but it was heavy episodes and there was no comedy in it. It Mm. was what it was. And Mm. there were some episodes where there was a ton of funny Like, like a whole episode was hilarious. Like, especially when you get into some of the episodes that were on the holodeck, some of those were just ridiculous. Oh yeah. And let's be honest, this is still science fiction. Mm -hmm. We're flying around space with, you know, and aliens and stuff. It's supposed to be fun, but the best science fiction has always commented on who we are as a people Mm -hmm. and what has led up to who we are at this moment of time. And as a cautionary tale for our future. And not all of it is good. Yeah. 
And that's okay. I mean, yeah. we have the good with the bad. And I think that's what enterprise does too much of is that there's too much humor. Like, like even with the episode that we talked about, I think it was the last episode we talked about with them being in space stuck and dying and whatnot and having, you know, there was still way too much humor in that. Like I get it. And I understand the levity they had to put towards it, but you didn't need all of it. Like it, mm. maybe you needed to keep, keep it a little bit more serious, which I think is why maybe I never really identified with enterprise was because there was just, it wasn't realistic enough in that sense. I guess. Yeah. I think with them winking at the camera, uh, you mentioned the prime directive, you know what that means? That's coming up later, you know? And, you know, yeah. here again, mind meld, huh? Mind meld. We've seen that before. <laughs> we don't need, we, look, we're on board. Yeah. You don't have to pander to us with, with this stuff. Your audience isn't dumb. Star Trek has inspired some of the greatest scientific minds in the world, like living and real science. Yeah, yeah, real science. And this was the catalyst for a lot of those people. We're not stupid. You really don't have to dumb this down for us. Yeah. A lot of us are adults. And the ones who are still young enough to be considered adolescent or kids or whatever, let this be the safe place for them to learn about these things. Yeah. And have the discussion with a parent who's watching it with them. You know, because I don't remember ever talking about this sort of thing with my parents. Maybe when I was older, I talked to my mom a lot because well, she's kind of my best friend. So I have kind of a different dynamic with her. But mm. like, even with me and my kids, like I try very hard to have open conversations with them, especially about everything, whether it's about their body or, you know, consent or just all of this stuff. Funny thing, I actually watch a TikTok that helps me with this. There's this woman um, she is a therapist and she's got four kids and she advocates for talking about this stuff as soon as they can understand it in ways they can understand it, but basically letting them know, like at a very early age that what your body does is okay. Kind of thing. And, and, right. and beyond that, just with everything, I don't know where I was going with this. My brain died again. No, that's okay. <laughs> there is a, an account on Instagram that's healing and meditation through Star Trek. I think it's so funny. I, it might've started with our generation, but just people talking about stuff that I like when I was younger, I was taught by my grandparents that the air your dirty laundry comment, like you don't talk about things like there were topics that just didn't come up in conversation, mm. like mm. politics, religion, and body autonomy. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I wasn't taught a lot of this stuff until I was in my twenties when I taught myself, like when I started reading books and, you know, really start delving into the stuff I wasn't allowed to broach when I was younger. Like I, I don't, for me, at least with my kids and people that I'm around, there's not a whole lot I won't talk about as long as, especially with my kids, it's age appropriate. And if I can like put it in terms that they can understand, but it, conversations have to be had especially about the hard stuff because yeah. there's no understanding without it so i found this account on instagram healing with star trek it's all one word all spelled out healing with star trek and right here in the bio our mission to explore healing messages in star trek to boldly go where space and soul unite Aww. yeah i mean there's people that Star Trek is their safe place. 
Yeah. And it's a safe place to be. It's a safe place to have fun, but it's also a safe place to learn. And mm-hmm. you're, you know, we're not just learning about the stars and planets and how to try, how to travel faster than light. No, I mean, yeah, we're going to, you know, sort of tinker around with that, but like, it's not, it's not the ship. It's the crew. We should yeah. be learning about each other. If we stand a chance at all of getting to Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future and I don't mean to puff him up. He was he was a human man with flaws, but he did bring about this thing that we all love. So, which is why I attribute it to him. If we are going to try to get to this vision of the future that Gene Roddenberry had back in the 60s, science has to be secondary. We have to understand each other first. Ugh, we have to be nice to each other. People aren't good at that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in customer service. I have a very like sure very look, look at people right now. You're in you're in food service. I work at a law firm. People suck. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We 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 understand all too well that people suck. <laughs> and I try to be nice to and I I try to be nice to as many people as I can during a day. Mm. Let me it's getting hard. That's what she said. <laughs> It's tough. I. It's so funny. You know, someone was talking about just how awful uh, COVID has been. And I was like, well, a lot of good things came about it, out of it too. But you can't have a really good hero without a really good villain. So I yeah. think both of those good things and bad things were exponentially high yeah, or exponentially large. Yeah. You know what's funny though? Like, for instance... I always keep a little bit of extra money in my drawer. I just put it in there for my pocket because there are times where people will come in and they're short 40 cents or they're short a dollar, or sometimes teenagers come into the shop and they just don't have enough for what they ordered and I'll pay for it. I love doing that kind of thing, but I have so many people that go, no, 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 don't do that. It's like, they refuse to, for me to be nice to them. It's like, it's 20 cents, man. Just, just, please just say thank you and leave. Like you don't have to make a scene about it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not that big. Just, I may be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what is that? What is that with people? I mean, I understand like, because I would, in a help point, me, like, help me understand. Cause I, I don't get that. I don't know if it's with everyone, but I used to be like that when I was younger. Cause I was taught at a very young age, you don't take handouts regardless of what they are or who, who is doing it or for what reason you do not take help from anyone. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's everybody, but that's what it was for me. It was very hard for me to take gifts from people. People being nice to me was weird. And I felt like it was the right thing to do to tell them no. So I shouldn't offer to cut your meat for you at the table or anything. I wouldn't do that. I mean, it would be nice because (laughs) it's just a nice thing to do. (laughs) Does Fred Fred ever offer to cut your meat for you? What do you think, Todd? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i know i know i don't know fred as well as you do but i do know him well enough that that's probably not a thing although yeah. that would be a fun little jab if, because he is so much taller than you if he <laughs> if he would just treat you like a little kid and just offer to cut your meat more there he treats me like a child in other ways <laughs> like like I am so small in comparison to my husband that he can just pick me up by the shoulders. And yep. Me. yep. <laughs> not any effort whatsoever. I could not play football with my husband because all he would have to do is put his arm out and I would just be dead. 
<laughs> oh, and but... for, for those for those that don't know us, Fred is six three and I'm five two. So he's <laughs> there a, you go. Well over a foot taller than me. <laughs> well, I'll I'll relate uh, this. Story. <laughs> it, it, it is my favorite story to tell of the two of you guys interacting with us. Believe it was the first time you came to our home and met our dog Max. Oh, Max who's an absolute sweetheart, very loving, aggressively He's an loving. aggressive lover. I was about to say, he is aggressive with his love. It's <laughs> awesome, but it's rough. <laughs> um, so he's used to his mommy and daddy, me and my wife. Yes. And uh, of course, Red, uh, uh, Fred is, you know, quite large. So he, you know, had his little interaction with him, mm -hmm. but he would not leave you alone no to, to say to save his life and we could not figure out why and then finally it <laughs> dawned on me and i I'm said it size. to you i am the size of a small child he loves kids he <laughs> and you had this you had this look on your face and i could almost hear the i could almost hear the tuba in the back the <laughs> it's not the first time i've been told that <laughs> I, I am the small, I, I am, I am the size of a large, of a large child, like a 10 year old child. Like, <laughs> like me and my 11 year old are really not that far in size anymore. Like she's still shorter than me, but she's not got a whole lot more to go to be taller than her mama. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is one of my fond, <laughs> my, my fondest memories. Of, of I think that was guys. the first time. Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's get into, uh, you know, so who do we blame? Let's get into who to blame about this, uh, this episode. Who's uh, at fault? Yes, let's let's let them know right now. Ugh. Uh no, the story was done by Berman and Braga. Uh the last episode they did was uh the last episode we did. <laughs> the last episode we did, of course. So if you want to hear uh Ren and I talk and you haven't listened, go back and listen to that one. That one's a fun one. Uh the teleplay again was done by Strong and Sussman. Their last episode was Shadows of Pajem, which I believe was the episode before that. This episode was directed by Rob Hedden. He's got an interesting career. He, you know, there's not, he's, he's not big in the limelight. He's not, you know, super out there. He's not a personality. He's not a celebrity director. If he walked up to you on the street, you probably would not know who he is, but he has done some things uh, in terms of, directing he's got a couple credits you're probably familiar with he's done some episodes of the commish which i used to love the commish i thought that was oh cool. really that was never a show that i was ever exposed to i got that other weird stuff michael chiklis before he turned badass <laughs> on the shield like he before he was a badass cop he was like the wholesome family guy cop <laughs> oh so he went in the opposite direction because yeah. i didn't watch either of those shows strangely enough oh it's i wanted uh, to didn't have that station at the time he he's done he's also directed an episode of something i'm super curious about and i may fall down a rabbit hole looking into this but it's something called 18 wheels of justice oh my god i don't know what that is if, but if i'm dying to find out to do with like a semi like a, a semi truck driver like vigilante i don't want it <laughs> 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 better be um, a trucker <laughs> oh yeah yeah trucker trucker justice that's what it is i think the biggest thing on his resume is he directed friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan i'll have to tell fred yeah <laughs> I love the friday 
his that's one of his favorite horror movie franchises he has a couple but i think that's his number one nice nice yeah, yeah. this uh this episode of enterprise looks to be not only the only episode of enterprise he did but the only episode of star trek i mean his stuff is pretty obscure he's got a lot of tv stuff it's weird that he got this one <laughs> yeah yeah this yeah this is kind of this is kind of odd we've already discussed one of the uh guest stars mr enrique Murciano. Now, his resume is fairly short in comparison to some guest stars that have been on the show before, but he's got a couple of interesting things here. Speed 2 Cruise Control was the first thing he's credited with. So, really? yeah, as, as as weird and lame as that movie is. I like that movie because I love anything that Sandra Bullock is in. You know what? You're not wrong. And to be honest, the first speed is so good. Oh, yeah, it is. I think that was around. Was that before or after she did um, The Net? Uh, The Net was in 1995 and Speed 2 was 97. So Okay. So The Net came out first. Yeah. But he was also in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in 2014. And he did that movie Bright. In 2017 with Will Smith. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good movie. It was weird, but it was good. It, it is weird. I dug it, though. It was, pretty, it was pretty solid. And the other notable guest star that we have this week is a gentleman named Mr. Robert Pine, who's a veteran uh, character actor. Some of his film credits include Rover Dangerfield. Did you ever see Rover Dangerfield? No. Oh, oh my gosh. Fun rodney is a dog it's rodney is a cartoon dog oh god no, yeah I saw, oh i'm sad i saw it i saw it <laughs> once when i was a kid oh my god um he also had a, a small part in independence day in 1996 he's got a lot of tv stuff though uh lost in space in the 60s charlie's angels in the 70s alf in the 80s an episode of quantum leap in 1992 oh, nice. yeah he also did an episode of voyager this episode of Enterprise, and he's had small roles on the American version of The Office, as well as Parks and Rec and Angie Tribeca, but probably his greatest contribution <laughs> to this world has been his children, Catherine and Christopher. That's right. Christopher Pine, a.k.a. Chris Pine, a.k.a. Captain Kirk oh, of the really? Kelvin timeline. His no. father was on Enterprise. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm still stuck on what he played in Parks and Rec. <laughs> You're going to flip when I tell you. He is the leader of the <gasps> reasonableists. That's right. Yep. He comes to book the park on the last day on earth. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, oh. yep. That's Robert Pine. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. One last thing. I mean, we've, you know, we've kind of drifted into some fun, some fun territory yeah. here talking about we uh, fun territory. Yeah. <laughs> but the last thing I'll say about this, and this was kind of what I wanted to really get into. And part of the reason we had this discussion on this episode and why I felt like my jokes in the recap, I always try to do them. I feel like they're always good natured, but I tried to keep it fairly light. There was no mention of date rape on Wikipedia or Memory Alpha when I was researching this episode. And I'm disappointed that 
they didn't make a bigger deal about this in especially in light of things here in more recent history yeah and even the UPN promo for this episode, which you heard earlier in this episode, right before the recap, makes it sound like it was, quote unquote, her hidden desires. And when we started, when I started this show, I wanted this to be a place of fun, but also where we could have discussions about deeper topics. And I didn't want to shy away from it, but I also wanted to say, look, Ignoring it doesn't help anything, doesn't fix anything. And the more you do that, the more you try to pretend that it doesn't exist or that it's not as big as big of a deal as people are making it out to be, you're helping it get bigger. You're helping the problem get bigger. Or at least continue. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, when there's people out there who have had to deal with this, Listen, listen, help in any way you can. But I feel like one of the biggest, best things you can do is listen. And believe what they say. Mm -hmm. So next week, we will be covering Enterprise Season 1, Episode 18, Rogue Planet. And we will be having back on the show Mr. Gary Horn from This Is the NWA. And... Rogue Planet is available, of course, on Paramount+. Plus. So rather than plugging um, comedy shows or the ice cream store or anything like this, Mm -hmm. uh, for this episode, um, I wanted to give a shout out to RAIN, R-A-I-N-N dot org, uh, the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 24-7, it's confidential, it's free, 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-4673. RAIN is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. R-A-I-N-N dot org. It's an amazing source of help, education, and support. 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-4673. Don't wait. Hope is on the horizon. Ren, where can people find you on the internet? Anywhere I'm on the internet, you can just look up RC Sims 82 and I should, I should be on there. Um, I've got Facebook and Instagram right now. I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the computer resume podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please listen to people in the future and I'll see you in 10 forward. to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Cat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K. 
On Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold? And tell your mom I said, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God.